Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast. My name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am actually co-hosting today with uh, Ryan Koo from the Q&A Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We are doing a twofer today, a double wham-bam. Uh, we sure are. We're trying this out. A little little new new camera setup on on. We're trying we're trying stuff here. Be with us. This is episode sixty nine of my Ooh, show. Episode sexy number. Yes, thank you for being the that number for me. You picked the sexiest person you wanted to interview for the sexiest number, so I appreciate it, sir. This is episode four for me. For the most intelligent number, and that's why I asked Mr. Eddie Vig- Visual, Vahil, Eddie Vihil, Vihil. Yeah, he said he did his research, <laughs> but already, already we're stumbling here. Uh, okay, great. Yes. So we are starting. We're gonna we're gonna ask a question. We're gonna simmer on it, and then we're gonna <laughs> go to. A, and we're going to keep rotating. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, this is the coup and A show as well, right? Yes. So one coup and one A. So we'll take turns asking coups yes, and take turns answering. Great. The maestro. We'll also be battling for hosting ability here. I can already tell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're um, at the lovely, lovely pad of Mr. Eddie Bahil. Mm-hmm, the chateau. And he is a man of class i can tell by the decorations and uh, the ambiance i feel like i'm in jeff goldblum's apartment in downtown manhattan it's great (laughs) (laughs) thank you uh i guess to clarify as well um you are how do we describe you these days are you you're an actor stand-up comedian uh personality what what do you what do you uh i'm pretty much a guy who's not good at anything but yes, I try to keep myself busy, so I do a little acting, a little stand-up, a little podcasting, and I think that's about it, yeah. Okay. And Mr. Eddie Vahil, the director, writer, script supervisor extraordinaire. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's me, overall overall filmmaker, filmmaker dude. I'm looking at Eddie right now, and I've never seen a person who regretted a, a decision so much, the decision to have me be on his podcast. I see the regret in his eyes. No, no, not at all. Not at all. It's a pleasure having you. Pleasure, okay. pleasure seeing you. Yes. We've worked together a couple of times now, which is very exciting. Yes. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, I know we've had our little chances to have little, 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 little chats on set here and there. But for the most part, it's been work, work, work. And I, yeah, I just wanted, yeah, it's a yeah. great time to... Dig a little, dig yeah. a little deeper, if you will. Why don't you tell the the listeners of your podcast, and I'm saying your podcast because <laughs> no one listens to mine. Um, <laughs> why don't you tell them how we met, sir? How did okay. you? Okay, all right. So yeah, I'll I'll give a little background on uh, on us here. So I put I almost I don't I don't need notes for this, but I'm looking at them just to. <clears throat> I know you answered a call. We, um, me and my co-writer slash 
co-director at times, uh, Jamie Keener. Mm, lovely Jamie, yes. Lovely Jamie. We were um, prepping a film project to kind mm-hmm. of send out to... I don't know. We had we had big ambitions on this yes. on this feature that we're we're we've been prepping for a while. This was I don't know when. What we what we're in July now. It uh, had is. to have been before November for sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was before November. Yeah, yeah. nearing the end of the year potentially whenever. Mm-hmm. And uh, the premise of the of the feature was like a a rom com. We had a. Uh, mm. an Indian American mm. leading lady, and Lovely we had a Shara Yu Mahale. Yes, <laughs> shout out to Shar. <laughs> and then we had uh the story called for our leading Korean American <sighs> male, and um I think we had uh, another friend, uh, Risa Ishiyama. She kind of helped out in some producer capacities, and was tasked with finding us, finding us our guy, yes. and uh, you showed up. And this was for like a kind of like a concept, like a poster concept shoot to kind of give investors or people looking to get involved in the project uh, an idea of what kind of what kind of film we're trying to make here and what yes. what looked like. So that was that was my first thing is you showed up and uh, we could talk first impressions for sure. But yes. And when I walked in that door, I heard Eddie whisper to Jamie, wow, you said this guy wasn't uglier than John Cho. <laughs> so this guy looks nothing like his headshots. Uh no, nothing nothing was whispered in the shadows to clarify. Um but it was cool. Yeah. Uh I I I remember I forget how recently you you had jumped into acting and all that kind of stuff prior to that, but it felt mm. it felt it felt you felt fresh. I was very green. Yeah. That might have been my second or third thing that I ever booked. So I was very, very green. And I'm, I'm still green, but uh, I was very intimidated because Eddie had his sexy shaved head, his director glasses. And I'm like, oh, shoot, he's going to see right through me. I didn't have a shaved head yet. That's right. Yeah, we both had the man right. buns at that time. You're right. You're totally right. I remember that now. Yeah. Um, and you were saying you were going to shave your head because you thought it was going to make you look more professional. I believe that it gives you more of a serious director vibes. I believe that's what you told me. Yeah, there was, there was, there was, there was a lot that went into that for sure. I think those were things that I had said at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, my first impression of the maestro, that's what I call him. Organized, professional, fair handsome kind efficient <laughs> but you know it was um being so green i was obviously very intimidated but eddie made me feel right at ease he was so professional so kind gave great directions wasn't upset or mad when i probably was doing something stupid um but i was very i felt an immediate comfort as I walked in. So I was very happy um, about doing that project. But I have a question for you, sir. Okay. How many Korean man, men auditioned for that part? And what made you pick me? 
It's a good question. A question that I don't recall the answer for. Uh oh, that means uh, I was the only one who applied. <laughs> I, I believe. I believe we had options. I believe we had options. I don't remember. <laughs> or did the guy you wanted say he was busy that day? It, it was. It was a. It was a tough call because we wanted the guy to have vibes of. Um, it was like this kind of combo where we wanted him to. I don't know, just just based off a of face too. I don't think right. we we didn't because we weren't paying that much. We're we weren't. It was going to be like a quick, I don't know, a couple hours or something. Yes, yes. So we didn't. I didn't want to waste. We didn't want to waste time with yeah. like, hey, send, not, send, yeah. yeah, send in uh, tapes. Like, no, no, no. It's just let's look at your face. This is a photography shoot. Right, right. Um, and we just. No acting was involved. <laughs> there was some acting involved. You had to you had to go to some emotional places for sure. Oh, yes, yes. But anyways, yes. I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, this is so interesting, actually. So we just wanted him to to give give off those nerdy vibes, but also look like somebody handsome. Uh, somebody, yeah, somebody handsome, somebody rom com, somebody uh, put together a little oh. bit of uh, yeah. So we we saw we saw a kernels of uh of all those little pieces was i your first choice you were our only choice <laughs> Wait, really? if you said if you said no we were gonna scrap the whole project i'm just kidding no no oh, no, no. Okay. okay i'm just kidding i i have a feeling <laughs> i have a feeling there were like three guys before me that they really wanted and it was just on the perfect day where they all couldn't do it so they were like oh crap all right Let's go with this loser. No, no, no. It was lovely. <laughs> I know, I know. No, for when when hey, you yeah, when you showed up, I could yeah, we could see. Well, I don't know about we. I could tell that there was a little. We had to get a little bit warmed up first because Char, Char, um, oh, she was perfect. She, she's a pro. Oh, she's she, been she's been at it a little bit longer than than you. So oh, uh, I was so intimidated. Char, yeah, Char, if you're listening. You were awesome, but I will say, because when I was walking into your guys's um apartment, that's where it was shot. I was um going to the front door where you had to be buzzed in, and I saw Shar walking down from the opposite direction, and I and and like I said, I was very green, so I'm not used to seeing a lot of like like beautiful women. You know what I mean? And Shar, I'm not hitting on you or anything or shooting my shot. I'm just being honest, so please don't feel uncomfortable. And I hope I didn't make you feel uncomfortable by saying this. Anyways, but I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I hope that's not her because I'll be so shy because I get very nervous. But um, all that to say, yeah, she was a great casting choice. Beautiful, beautiful lady. But I was so intimidated when I saw her walking down. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, crap. So that was yeah, that was her. She was playing the uh, yes, y y your opposite. So being that this is a rom com, we wanted to get photos of you two uh, yeah. looking looking in love and staring into each other's eyes and 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 yeah, being very close very quickly. So um, yeah, that was our that was our first time kind of uh, being creative in a creative space together. And uh, yeah, we Jamie and I had enough had enough fun with you guys or with you specifically too that um we brought you back to act for uh act for jamie and that was the next time we and that was the biggest mistake of jamie's <laughs> 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 
But I will say this that I find very interesting. <clears throat> I have a very unfruitful dating life in real life. Partly because of who I am and also because I'm not that interested in dating. So I date like maybe like once every three to five years. But I get casted a lot playing like an Asian boyfriend. So I think that's so interesting how you would imagine that if a guy who's being casted as an Asian boyfriend would have a lot of dating experience in real life. But that's usually not the case. At least not for me. I have very <laughs> little experience. But I'm being casted as the Asian boy. And I just find that so interesting. Well, congratulations on getting cast. <laughs> Are you shocked that I'm revealing to you that I don't have a lot of dating experience? Am I, well, I follow you on Instagram. So <laughs> <clears throat> the answer is I, I, I hear this enough time in your stories and your stand-up that like every other joke is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's either it's either talking about how you're just a dude with two cats or <laughs> or some sort of the the classic self-deprecation yeah. humor a little yes. bit in there yes but wow. so i'm so i'm not shocked because I've, I've heard it before okay okay wow well that was a lovely project so thank you so much for casting me in that eddie that was that was one of my favorite shoots to date so much fun which one uh well all of them but that one because it was such a one with char yeah the one with char it was so new at that moment still like i said it was like my second or third booking it was it was very fun very exciting awesome yeah do you think it was very awkward when i said what i said about char being a very beautiful woman no not at all we might have to edit that out just kidding we keep everything raw on Q&A. Oh, Eddie shoot. might edit it out, but <laughs> I'll keep it, even if it makes me look like a weirdo. All is well. All is well. We are who we are. And it was not it wasn't weird. You're you're cool. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Great. We're off to a good start. I'll, I'll jump. I'll, for, I guess I'll take the lead here. Yes, yes. So I'll jump from... We're still in recap mode here. Yes. We, You're talking about feeling green and having that experience with with that shoot jumping forward x amount of months um yeah it was it was it was fun watching you act for jamie i on the other hand in the back of my mind was like you know i want my I want my shot to direct this guy oh so then when it went so then <laughs> he still didn't learn his lesson <laughs> so then when it came time we we're doing this like little little fun one day shoot i already had um so spence spencer weitzel was was A cast lovely person lovely actor and uh, we we brought you in to play uh, the roommate. Mm-hmm. This is uh, not the boy, f- not the not the Asian yes, boy for true. all. This that's was true. two dudes, Los Angeles roommate bros. situation, mm-hmm. two bros. And uh, how 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 yes. how how prepared did you feel for mm-hmm. this one in comparison to walking in that first time for uh for sure. lo- for love at first arrangement love at yeah. first arrangement yes um. That one I was also very, very excited for because the script we had the the panning and all that. I'm like, oh, this is cool. So I was very excited about the, the, the concept. Such a fun concept. Um, we got the script, I think, like two days before, right? It was 
not much not much time with the material yeah but it was very short lines and there was a lot of cuts so it wasn't like you know i had to do like a monologue or anything um but i was every time i get to work with the maestro always a good time um i felt i i, I was so excited um the cast was lovely i thought it was just gonna be like a super indie like just you with the camera but he had a sound person he had a dp people helping out um and um, that day was interesting because I got to see the maestro under pressure because we were running short on time. I think we started like um, an hour or hour and a half late because of something was charging or something, right? I don't know if I would call it that late. It was I, I think we're waiting for... I don't know, something to do with like camera being built or something. Some, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So... I so I could see the maestro being under pressure, but he handled it like a pro. He, you know, he was calm. And the biggest thing when people are under pressure is they start to like get annoyed or frustrated. They take it out on others, or they make other people feel uncomfortable by the pressure they're feeling. But Eddie had none of that, which is a very very good skill. And I, should I be looking at you or my camera? Because I feel like I've been looking at the camera. You have been time. looking at the camera a lot. You can talk to me. <laughs> though. So, um, so um, it was interesting to see you work in that environment. But that's when I walked out that day and be like, oh, Eddie really is a pro. Because everyone can work efficiently and great when everything's cool. But when there's pressure, that's when people's true mm. colors come out. And that's when you get to really see someone's skills and professionalism when it's put to the fire. Okay, nice. Thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Yes. Yeah, that one we prepped kind of purposefully to be overambitious. Like we wanted to see how much we can get done in that single day. It was even like, a, you know, a standard film day is like a, for whatever reason, a 12-hour shoot day. And normally, I want to shoot for less than that, like 10 hours. I think this one we planned for eight. Yes. Um, yeah. We ended up going like eight hours and 45 minutes or something like that. We went right. a little bit over, and then you had to like rush to acting class I went to and an stuff. And class. that was sad that yeah. we had to say goodbye so soon. I know. I felt so bad. Because so the people on that, on that day were so cool. I wanted to eat my burrito with them, but I had to go. The actor life is a hustle, y'all. <laughs> it's true. Um. Yeah, so... Because we were, Max and I, we just, I just got back from New Mexico shooting a, yes. a, a sim similarly stacked, ambitious, like, four-day short. Um, oh. So this was a little bit like a, a re-warm-up to get prepped for that. Oh. So I wrote the script to be, like, those a lot of those tiny vignettes. Yes. Just so it could be like, all right, how many mini scenes can we get done in a day? Right. And we didn't get all of them done, but... Uh, yeah. You got enough done where you can cut it into. It still made sense. Yeah. And you know what? If you said, hey, can we stay over? I would have gladly done it. I mean, I don't know if other people would have. I feel like they would have too because it seems like they all love you. But um, yeah, he, you had to cut some scenes. But same, you know, it was just you, just you just didn't let other people feel uncomfortable with the stress you're feeling. And that's a very good tool to have as a leader. And that's what a director is, a leader. Mm -hmm. yes thank you of course i know i was under a similar gun this last week and that was uh so that was that was good practice again for being yeah. like things are crazy right now 
and the first AD is breathing down my neck. The producer is breathing down my neck. The we have so much to shoot. We have a shot list of this many. We have like ten shots listed, but we have to break it down and boil it down and shoot it in like two setups. Like which two setups do we do? Wait, we got to block the actors. Wait, I got to give attention to the actors. I got to give attention. You know, so it's, everything's flying around and keeping that together is. Now scary. I have a juicy question for you, sir. Sure. Based off of what you said. Everything you described and being able to work in that pressure-filled situation is a skill that's developed. I don't think it's a skill that you're you're you you're born with. So, what about your upbringing made you develop that ability to work under pressure? Um, what in my upbringing prepped me for those moments? Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking, uh, I don't know. I, um, personality wise, I've always been on the more introverted, mm. calm and collected, just in my own little world, uh, side of things. So I always think back to like the story with, uh, my my parents bring up this time like I think as like a, I don't know how old I was I was playing with Legos. Okay. So I think it's just kind of like a like a if you're talking nature versus nurture, this is a little bit a little bit nature built too, where I'm just kind of like my parents used to always praise me for <laughs> for like we'd be at uh, uncle's place and there's a bunch of kids running around and there's parents oh. talking over here and it's like a really noisy setting yeah but like i would always just have my own yeah. little bubble by yeah. myself and i'd be playing legos yeah. like i block everything out and get the thing done and just yeah. be creative so and your parents and family members would uh praise you for that ability to yeah cool and collected yeah and to not to not be really affected by the energy that was around and to still um still perform and this is more like play but film is very playful and yeah. very you still got to be very imaginative and be in that moment to really yeah. get things done but but i mean like you said it's uh you, you i thought you, it's also just practice too like i've been I'm approaching a decade of pursuing the craft and making stuff and just going, doing it over and over and over again. You just get better at understanding what's going on around you, understanding what, what's worth letting affect you, what, what isn't. And it it can really, uh, experience helps a lot. Just getting those hours in the reps in, you you really understand how to maintain that composure. Well, like I said, you totally seem like a professional. I mean, not see, you are a professional, and it shows. That's what I should have said. <laughs> yeah, I could totally... I'm like, this guy is a pro right away. And I know that you were the leader of the Runners Club oh at University God. of Nevada, Reno. Is that correct, I don't, know. I, don't know. I don't know if I'd call myself a leader. You were you, but you. It seemed like you organized runs for the college students there. I've been organizing stuff for a long time. I know, sure. and it pays <laughs> off. So you, 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 you're just that's just in your blood. You like you like to. Okay. Yeah. You want to? Okay. Uh huh. Go for it. <laughs> you you like to make things efficient for others, and you like to help others. 
Because that's a lot of work, organizing runs for college well, students. Well, it's not that I just want to organize. I want everybody to feel welcome. Oh. I want everybody to feel included. It's not enough to just set up a run and, hey, come in a run. And then, and then you, have, you have somebody who's who's uh, a little bit, we'll just, we'll just use the film term that we already introduced, green. They're mm. a newer runner. They're already like a little bit self-conscious about their ability. They think yeah. everybody else around them has been running for years. So making them feel welcome and making sure you don't lose yes. people on the run and stuff, like that's all the, kind of the same stuff. You want to show support and... I would plan like that. I was the fun run guy. So. Wow. <clears throat> uh, yeah, we would we would do easier ones where there's a lot of stoplights. We we had a, we we would wait up for people, and it was it was a nice uh, nice thing. But and you know why I think this is I find this even more respectable about you is because, like you said, you're an introvert. So I bet doing doing something like this. It's getting you out of your comfort zone because you have to interact with people. You have to like have high energy when you greet them, and you know, because you can't be shy when you're greeting someone. Oh, you could, but ideally, you want to be energetic and you want to initiate conversation. And mm -hmm. so, practice makes perfect. Then why not? Why am I not better at dating? Well, you date every once every three to five years, is what I heard. But I'm getting worse. Well, I'm confused. Do you want to be better at dating or not? <laughs> Either way. So, yeah, I've organized tons of stuff. As Growing up in like high school, middle school, I would help organize friends to get together to play like Magic the Gathering or Super Smash Brothers. Oh, and wow. then through high Your school and stuff, yeah. yeah, we would we would play sports all the time at the park and get, you know, 10 to 20 people together oh, quite often. Yeah. Um, into the running club and then I had like a whole game night thing where I hosted game nights for like a couple of years. Wow. So anything to get people together really uh, got me, prepped me well for getting film shoots together. It's all, it's all the same. But enough about me. I want to ask a no, question about sir. you. <laughs> okay, we'll be back. I'll throw a softball question. <laughs> so Ryan Koo. Yes. Your Instagram tag and your website, you have the name as yes. Hank Yol Koo? Yes. Can you explain? Uh, Hank Yol Koo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just thought it was such an Asian name, so I thought if I make it sound cooler. Okay, yes, Hank, explain that name. Yeah, so Hank Yol's your real first name. Yeah, that's my legal name. Okay, I was. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I just, I just want to clarify. Yeah, so, yeah, Hank yeah, Yol. Yeah. Hank Yol yeah. uh, Um, I was born in Korea, so that's my actual name. Um, but you know, when you have um, like a lot of immigrants who have foreign names, um, they usually adopt an American name. Mm -hmm. Um, so I came here when I was seven. And I adopted the name Ryan because my um because I really liked lions when I was younger. So my mom said, "Okay, you like lions. I'm gonna call you Ryan." And my brother's name was Leo, because of that, because of our love for lions. And um, yeah, Hank Kill is my legal name, but I I pretty much go by Ryan. Like nearly nobody ever calls me Hank Kill. You know? Yeah, but it's okay. Copy you. I kind of figured as much. Yeah. Oh, did you think it was like my? 
no, like actor name or something. Which one, Ryan? Hank Kiel. No, no, I, I oh, figured okay. I figured that was a response, but I'm like, I wonder, because you still embrace it in the way of it's the it's still your website. You search Hank Kiel. Yeah. So it's a little. You know, I have this weird thing where I want my name, like I have the maybe I don't know what it is, but I like, I got I want to use my name. Like I want, I don't want to be called like Ketchup Boy or you know Asian King or whatever. I want to be called like my name and that's my brand. But Ryan Koo was already taken. I actually know the Ryan Koo that has my website too. We met. It was weird. That um, has your website. Or <laughs> that has the domain name, which is also his name. I know. Aha, uh-huh, I'm a narcissist. But um, I had this yeah weird thing, and I'm like, okay, well I can't have Ryan Koo next best thing. I don't want to do like and that's that's my OCD. I don't want to do Ryan Koo one or Hey Ryan Koo or you know X Ryan Koo X. I want my name, and the next best thing was Han Kyo Koo. So have you considered reverting back to your given name, or is that too much of a too much of a stretch? Or you do you not have faith? Great question. Mm, I think I'm just gonna stay Ryan Koo because I no one ever calls me Han Kyo Koo like ever in my life. Well, so you, you can, uh, yeah, okay. And and I and I don't I don't have the desire to like rebrand myself or like you know have like a reawakening like oh I'm a different person. You'll now call me Han Kyo Koo. You know I'm not like a Korean super Korea lover or something. I'm fine being called Ryan Koo. Okay. Um. But I will say, sometimes when people saw my name Han Kyo Koo, they wouldn't even try to, and they can't pronounce it. They would just call me, they would just call me Korea. In what context is it? Are you talking like high school? Or are you talking about as, yeah. a, as a grown adult at the at the at a checkout line or something? Yeah, like at a like not at high school because they could probably get canceled, but like. In like little clubs, they're like, they see my name, they're like, Han in uh, Korea. And this happened to my friend. Her name is Shekinah. And she said sometimes, they, if they can't pronounce it, they would say, uh, Ch- China. They would just say like the Asian country that they that remember. They, that they assume. Yeah. Oh my. That's not cool. <laughs> That's not cool. Hankyo looks, that doesn't look hard to pronounce. They could at least say Hank. Exactly. <laughs> well, good thing they didn't say North Korea. At least they kept the neutral Korea. Yeah, versus, I mean, the it would be South Korea would be correct. Yeah, that's true. If they just said South Korea, I would be less offended. Now it's my turn, maestro. Okay. <laughs> go for it. Okay, so I'm guess did you go to school at University of Reno for film? I didn't go to school. I did not go to school for film. Oh, you 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 did not. Okay, what did you go to f- school for? I went to university for uh, engineering, and I saw that you were a mining engineering intern on your LinkedIn profile. Correct, correct. Mining so engineering. Patrol- oh, mining engineering. Yeah, that's like you know material. Yeah. And there's there's a saying. Anything in this world, everything in this world, I forget the saying, but the purpose is anything, it's either grown or mined. So 
you go to the grocery store and you get your food, that's grown. If you look at your iPhone, all the materials that it takes to build the iPhone, everything has to get mined out of the ground. So you are very, very academically intelligent. Because you don't be an engineer major if you're not... I'm good at... I was good at math. And science? And science, yeah. I did a lot of that stuff. That's like the legit subjects that makes you a smart person, though. Like, you could be really good in, like, English, but you're like, okay, well, that's English. But if you say, I'm really good at math, then you're like... Yeah, it was good times. I like to brag about all the different calculus levels we had to take and dynamics and thermodynamics and ventilation and all that kind of cool stuff. So you were... You digging, were mining. Digging, digging oh. holes. Yeah, <laughs> you were a mining intern. So did you? Engineers make a lot of money, and I know mining engineer. I'm guessing that's very niche, like petroleum engineering, because I had students. I had friends that wanted to do petroleum engineering because it's so niche, which means they make a lot of money. Then mo- other engineers who already make a lot of money. So. You sacrificed a very stable, comfortable lifestyle to pursue the craft of, to pers- to pursue an artistic goal. Was that a hard decision? And what was the catalyst to make you forego your okay. your degree and that <clears throat> comfortable lifestyle? So luckily, well, I don't know. Okay, there's lots of okay. There's a lot of questions there. Yeah. For starters. The answer is yes. It's very niche. Um, the overall initial plan was go to school and get the get the stable stable high paying job, and then eventually move to LA and pursue film. That so was it. Was always your filming was always the goal. At some point, somehow, yeah. Initially, I wanted to be an actor first. Oh, um, you will be a great actor. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so that was the initial plan was to, cause yeah, mining engineers will commonly make like, yeah, six figures out of college. So year one, making bank, do a couple, do a few years, move to LA with stacks in your back pocket by that time, um, to build the experience. But, um, I don't know. There's a couple, a couple of things there. I'm thinking about my last semester of college. I was so burnt on all the sciences and math that I'm like, well, just, just for me, I'm gonna take a, a acting one-on-one class, just to, and that, that relit my creative spark, reopened me up as a person. I was kind of like dying inside for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The interning mining job was is was the only time i ever worked at a mine and never i never worked at a mine after that um so i got the degree and luckily air quotes um because <laughs> uh the economy the mining economy crashed uh in in nevada i went to school in reno yes. it's a big gold and silver mining state yeah. we, Nevada provides, I don't know, it's, if Nevada were its own country, it like provides, I don't know, like the third most gold oh, in the wow. entire world okay. or something crazy oh, like that. the entire world. Okay, yeah. wow. Yeah, that's a lot of gold. So they make a, a lot of money out there. Gold price was like at a at record highs while I was going to school. So for the gold that sold by the ounce, it was like reaching over $2,000 an ounce while I was in school. They mine lots of ounces. 
so during that, so pretty much in school, it was looking great because all the companies were expanding. Everybody was exploring additional territories and opening up more mines and stuff. Yeah. But then when, as soon as I graduated, the price plummeted from over 2000 down to like seven or $800 an ounce. So, oh, wow. yeah. so then they uh, stopped their exploration. They, they were laying off people. And that's when I graduated is when that was going on. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, there's no jobs. Um, that's okay. I didn't want to do it anyway. Yeah. But then, still, you probably could have found the job somewhere, I imagine, with maybe. that degree. Yeah. yeah. Even if you had to go out of the country or out of state. Probably. Yeah. The other thing about, I don't know how much you know about mining, but. <laughs> very, very little. <laughs> Min- mines are uh, definitely an out of sight, out of mind thing people don't like to see big holes in the ground and mountains being torn up in their backyard so they're normally out in the boonies like in the desert they're in the middle of the desert in the middle of so essentially working in the middle of nowhere doing that that's why they pay you so much because you don't well yeah you don't really have a life yeah and you're just in the desert but you make a lot of money you make a lot of money but for why? What are you gonna do with it? You get your you buy uh, you know ATVs and you go hunting and yeah. you drink a lot of beer. Like I don't know what people do with money. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you're right. I totally get that burnout thing. I think that if you're an artistic person, which you are, and a creative person, which you are, and you're being forced to do something else with your time, it is such a draining thing. It will drain the soul right out of you. Yeah. So. Then what? When did you realize you wanted to be a director? If it wasn't after college, sure. So graduated, no jobs. I'm like, all right. Well, I'm in Reno. I I think it'd be stupid for me to move to Los Angeles now, because like I said, the plan was move to LA with a lot of money, so I don't have to stress about yeah stuff. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, I can't just move to Los Angeles with no experience and no money right. so i'm like well i can i can control one thing let's control the experience thing let's let's do some stuff in reno so i and really quick plug you were sure. the number two most influential filmmaker in reno i saw that on your <laughs> linkedin as well yeah 2018 or 19 yeah yeah they have a they have a nice little yearly poll of uh of uh of stuff like top whatever's top chef top yeah. hairstylist all that kind of things and there's a top filmmaker category Hanetti yes. V Hill the maestro I was number three and then I moved to number two the next year and then I moved to LA so I was like if I would have stayed I would hit number one Ooh, that number one guy was probably sweating bullets until you moved to LA yeah exactly they had it all to themselves <laughs> um what were we talking about? So you you decided to get some film experience while you were in okay. Reno before moving. Okay. So I wanted acting experience. So because oh. uh, I took the acting one on one class, yeah. that instructor recommended me to a woman she knew that was casting for a theater show, and they were desperate. Community it's community theater, so you know I don't know if you've done community theater before. They don't want me. <laughs> they don't want you. Uh, <laughs> small town community theater. Okay. Well, kind of, you know, it's classically they'll take whoever they can get. Okay. Sometimes, depending oh, okay. on the smaller roles and stuff. Yeah. 
It was a musical. Oh wow, yeah. That's that's big so I, I signed up for this musical. What musical? <laughs> Hamilton? It was original. Oh oh it was oh. like a local writer it was like a collaboration. Some woman was from like England or something and then the dude was local and they were gonna produce this original musical in Reno just to kinda I don't know what their plan was. But I'm like, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah, let's, for sure. Let's jump right in. If I'm going to do acting, I can't be afraid. I got to get out of my comfort zone, oh, all wow. that kind of stuff. That's a big leap, though. I would have <laughs> done like a, like a small YouTube skit, but you went right for the, the musical. Wow. So I didn't it's really bold. know what I was getting myself into. Luckily, I was an ensemble guy, okay. and I didn't. Uh, I still had to do some singing lessons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. singing rehearsals, with yeah. that was all torture. It was horrible. Oh. Hey, horrible can we hear a little <laughs> lot lie uh <clears throat> no but um oh, danny boy the pipes the pipes are calling see you're pretty good you could have done it you could have done it me however <laughs> well okay guess going on yeah okay yeah. so i did that play i i, I was i was thinking about that play recently too i forgot oh on this last that i was on i was talking to the actors about accents oh okay and this play was asking me to do a... I had, like, one scene. <laughs> I had one scene where I got to, like, feature and had some oh, lines. Okay. It was, like, a jail scene. I was playing a guard. Oh, okay. And uh, the the director came to me and was like, we would like for this character to have, to have an Irish accent. <gasps> That's hard. And I'm like, if I'm going to do acting, i got to, you know, get comfortable with, yeah. like... i got to be able to nail this stuff. This is a great a, a chance for me to figure this thing yeah. out <laughs> oh, agreed agreed yeah and i went home and i watched some youtube videos oh how to speak in a, an irish accent <laughs> and i practiced the lines what and were the lines i don't remember this has been so long okay i don't remember the lines i remember showing up like i don't know a few days later or something crazy like that like a week later and we were rehearsing the scene in front of the director and i was trying irish accent and she just had to kind of like wave me off and be like, forget the Irish accent. We're not going to do the Irish accent. No, you're putting all that work. And was it because she didn't like your Irish accent or was it just because like she just realized it didn't need an accent? It was, I obviously cannot pull off an Irish accent. No, I'm sure you could have. Like, was, she, did she want like crazy Irish? Like, I think like, she just wanted to sound authentic you know you just want the authenticity you don't want you don't want it to sound like an actor who's putting on an accent you want it to feel like that's the character okay. and i wasn't I and mean, this was my first show so i didn't have the so tool nervous. set i didn't yeah. i was nervous i didn't have the uh, training i didn't have a proper dialect coach like all that kind of stuff so it was kind of like dead on arrival there but <clears throat> were you like no i want to keep my irish accent were you that actor did you <laughs> I was like, thank you so much. Oh. Well, how did the lines go without the accent then? No, it's fine. Okay. I, don't know. I don't know. So I did that one. I did another play later that year. Oh, wow. I took some scene study classes for about like a year. And then I realized, uh, okay, this is the long answer to get to. I realized like I didn't want to be on a stage. I wanted to be on camera. It's different acting. I yeah. wanted. I wanted. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I wanted to. I liked more of the short form. Like you, you only need to know X amount of lines 
each setup yeah. and stuff like we were talking yeah. about before, where there's a lot of smaller vignettes, a few lines here. Yeah. You can kind of go bit by bit. Exactly. You, didn't, you didn't need to know the full play yeah. Yeah. and then go on stage yeah. and just, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> very, a lot more hardcore. And you get, that, you get yeah. to retry it. You only have to do it good once and then you can move on. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So a lot of benefits to film. Yes. Yeah. But there's really no film going on in Reno, so I, dev- I decided to oh. produce my own stuff, like a web series. Oh. I was convinced from like my roommate at the time, too. She was like, you know, just go for it. Do the thing. And I committed to a 10-episode web series. Did that. And th- I did all that work so I could act. So oh. I wrote roles for myself, but then I had to write it. I had to direct it. I had to... My girlfriend at the time was like shooting it for me. I had to edit it myself. I had to coordinate people and get them to show up to set, figure out sound. So through, so You're a hustler. So I respect hustlers. So boom. You're a hustler, sir. Uh, uh, so it's a little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way where I had so much going on in my mind every time that I shot one of those things that I couldn't give my full self to the actor. Yes. Yes. Because I'm thinking yeah. of yeah. everything. Yeah. So I couldn't really, I've never really had an opportunity to go 100% actor because I'm always producing it or directing it or right. something else is splitting my brain where yeah. I, I just can't be there as an actor. Yeah. So I hated acting because I just didn't feel like I was giving my yeah. all to it. Yeah. But I loved the coordinating. I loved the putting others in front of the camera that wanted to be there. I loved editing the pieces yeah and i loved right yeah i loved the whole process except for the acting so yeah. i tossed that aside and kind of uh yeah found my home more on the on the directing side and eventually found a script supervising and now here i am in la those are my main two pillars is continuity and uh director producer life you're so right i recently um i'm trying to shoot a short film same thing, direct uh, directing it myself, and I'm do I'm also doing the sound, I'm doing the the shots and all that because, you know, as an actor, there's a lot of waiting for auditions, and and also you wanna put out your own content and whatnot. Just do everything you can to make you more castable, or you know, you know. But you're right. I noticed that I can't. There's so many things I have to think about that I can't. It's so hard to just put off and just focus on the acting. So. I, I it wasn't as enjoyable as well. Um but wow, you so you're you were self taught. You're a self taught director if you didn't go to how did you manage to figure out how to do all that directing stuff then if you didn't even go to school for film and you went you took acting classes, you didn't take directing classes. Yeah. Um <sighs> It's bit by bit. It's baby steps. So I know when I was taking scene study classes, you're essentially breaking down stuff. Like the your instructor is essentially a director where they're talking to you about intention. They're talking to you about blocking. Yeah. They're helping you break down as an actor what to come prepared with. I know watching her give direction to all the actors was... Like she was great, and I pulled a lot from her, and I was like, okay, this—that's she's pseudo directing right now, so I got a lot from watching her, 
she was she was scene stu- scene study for film, most specifically film. Um, and then I did all the work that I could to end up on other sets to help oh. people in any capacity that I could. So I would be self-producing my own stuff and then volunteer any time that I could to stuff that came into town. There's like, you know, there's a few days where some small feature would be shooting at a casino or something. They'd be looking for local volunteer PAs. And I'd be like, yeah, please, me, take me, take me. And then I'd go out, witness that set, pick up what that AD was saying, pick up with how that director was handling themselves, oh, yeah. pull that, bring that You're to my own thing. Yeah, there's stuff. Completely self-taught by experience. And yeah, yeah, that's the best way. Watching and then doing and then watching and then doing back and forth for like five years before I moved to Los Angeles. That was my film school. Uh, yeah. yeah. You a hustler, man. And now I'm here. You're a hustler. So I just try to, I try to um, do the best that I can to uh, be um, giving in the same way. Like it was really hard for me to get those kernels of information when I was coming up where a lot of people didn't want me on their sets. Like, they're like, oh, we got our people. We don't really need any extra help. You'd be kind of getting in the way kind of thing when you want to learn. So I try my best to uh, be a little bit more open than that with my stuff. I want people to show up. And when they show up, I'm not abusing their time. I'm trying to make it educational for them and include them and all that kind of stuff. So I try to, you know, that's some, that's where I come from it, at it from. But, yeah. The maestro. That's That's me. The Maestro of Reno. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Thank, Thank you yeah. for sharing. Thank you. I want to talk about you a little bit. <laughs> I'm an open book. Um, Can we talk a little bit about your origin and your switch into uh, this performance side? Um, I know a little bit about it, but I would mm. love to hear more about what prompted you to jump into stand-up? What prompted you to mm. jump into acting at all? What you were doing before? What the dream was before? And what changed mm. in there? If you want to set the scene for that. How much time do we have? We got five minutes. No, I was like, oh man, that went really fast. <laughs> um, yeah. So... That's a great, wonderful question, and it's going to be a long answer, probably. We got time. We got time. Yeah. Well, um, my goal for the longest time since I was a freshman in college was to become a college choir professor until the pandemic happened. Um, so I have, I have one, two, three, four degrees in music education or choral conducting. So I was very set. I'm like, this is the path for me. This is what I want to do. This is my passion in life. Um, so all that to say, I was in choirs for a very long time. So I was performing in front of people um, where I got very comfortable being on stage. Or not very comfortable, but I was comfortable on stage. I wasn't like when I decided I want to do acting, like 
it wasn't a big big jump because I it's you know I was still performing I was singing in front of people I just wasn't acting acting in front of people. Um, what changed though is the pandemic. Um, and I'm gonna spill some tea here. So if some of my high school students are listening, you're about to get some juicy deets. Um, <laughs> I had. Well, one, it's extremely difficult to teach choir on Zoom, so it's burning me out. You know, I ha I already had a bunch of kids who never who didn't want to be in choir. You know, now try teaching them with a computer and a PlayStation Four in front of them the whole time. You know, it's impossible. Um, so that was burning me out, and my principal was being weird, and it all started from a Zoom meeting where I was eating a bowl of noodles and he like pa super passive aggressively yelled at me in front of everyone saying he, he literally like said like that don't you shouldn't be eating blah 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 but here's my thing i was only eating on zoom because one you never told us we can't eat on zoom right you never said anything Two, some people a lot of people had their screens off some people were driving. Some people were obviously not paying attention. So it's not like everyone was focused and you said, don't eat. And I was just eating on Zoom. I was eating on Zoom because I thought, you know, you could do it. And other people were doing worse things like having their screen off. I, I guess maybe if I turned my screen off, he wouldn't have yelled at me. Who knows? But anyways, he yelled at me. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, um, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't like... Angry, I I thought it was like an overreaction for sure, but I was like, okay, I'm sorry, I won't do it again, and, and I moved on. But after that, he tried to like find all these things to get me in trouble, like stuff that happened like like from the year before too. So he would bring up like old stuff ever since that meeting, which I thought was weird. So I think he was like butt hurt or something, and he was trying to like punish me more. Like so, I'm saying he's he was probably very petty, and then um, he would also find new things to get me in trouble that he never was concerned with before. Like I had a social media page for the choir page, and sometimes I would post like goofy clips from rehearsal, and um, I posted a goofy clip of a student, and then that student commented, "I'm dead," with a skull emoji. Which is obviously a sarcastic, this is so funny. Yeah, dying laughing, yeah. Yeah, and he called his parents and said, is your kid suicidal? And the kid obviously wasn't. He's like, no, no, I, that was a joke, clearly a joke. But he, he brought that up to me like, like, why are you saying this to students? Like, they could commit suicide. It wasn't like stupid things like that and um and then he put me on probation and said if you do something off i'm gonna fire you and what hurt the most about this was i spent so much money out of my own pocket probably more than five thousand dollars honestly that i didn't have to spend to build this program to make the program more fun for kids and I was spending a lot of time that I didn't need to spend after school and all that to build this program. And and this and he's going to treat me like this because of a dumb... Honestly, what I think is because he was butthurt about me eating on Zoom. That's what it seemed like to me. Um, 
And there was one more incident. This was probably the this is the one that got me on probation. But it's super juicy. Do you guys want to hear it? Let's hear it. <sighs> oh my gosh. So it was a a rehearsal. After school rehearsal, I was with a female student. Is this too much tea for your podcast, Mr. No, Eddie? Go for it. Go for it. Female student. We were very close, you know. I was with my it was me, her, and my baby brother who was like 15 years old at the time. So high school student as well. Same age as her. And um, her dad was supposed to pick her up. But she didn't come for two hours. So I'm sitting in there with her and my brother for two hours just waiting. And my brother was very, very hungry. So he was getting annoyed. So I'm like, hey, female student, can you call your dad and ask if we can go to the boba place across the street and wait there so we can eat while waiting. It's already been two hours. The boba place is across the street. It's after school and I'm getting permission from your dad. Can you call your dad and ask? And he said, sure. So we go off campus and and, and go to that boba store, right? And that was the incident. He's like, he made it sound like I was, he made it, he tried to manipulate it like, why are you going off campus with a female student? And I'm like, bro, my brother was there. We were waiting for two hours for an after-school rehearsal I didn't have to be at. I had to, the dad gave permission. So that left a very, all that left a very nasty taste in my mouth. And like, I don't want to teach at this school for sure, but it kind of burnt me out. And at the same time, when this was all going on, it was the pandemic. So I was taking a lot of acting classes. And I was having a lot more fun doing acting classes, uh, improv classes. And um, how did the uh, principal get word of the waiting across the street story? Um, I think a teacher saw me going off campus and told him or something with the student and my brother. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and, but you know what the funny thing is when I told him I'm going to quit, guess what he said? How can we get you to stay? Maybe don't treat someone who busts their butt to make your car program good. Like, like poop, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's when I knew it was like, it was just being petty. It was a power move. And, you know, so you, you had did you cons- well i know the pandemic was probably was still raging when you made the call right like school hadn't opened up yet you weren't going back to in person all that kind of stuff had you considered waiting through the pandemic and finding another program to go to or you knew that because being being that you didn't have to go back to that program but maybe right. you could have gone to another yeah, one i definitely thought about it for sure um but you know, um, I kind of like you, I hate doing something that I'm not passionate about. And by that point, it was two years of not being able to forcibly not being able to do that I was passionate about, which is choir conducting. So it kind of, I was forced to be burnt out and I knew that I just didn't have the same amount of passion 
than I had for acting. So I knew that at that point, if I did go to another program while I had this newfound interest in acting, I probably would have been burnt out again. And also, I would have been um, teaching kids without them being my first priority. And I didn't think that was fair either. Um, but also, I always had the acting bug. Um, when I was in middle school, I wanted to be an actor. I went to a, a summer camp, but I was horrible. When I was a freshman in high school, the only acting class I... The only class I ever got an F in was my drama class. My high school drama teacher failed me my first semester. Second semester, he gave me a 70%, which is the lowest passing grade. But he he, he really didn't like me. Um, but we had... Uh, for our final, everyone was performing for a play... But he had me go to the back and spray paint a table black. And that was my final. What? Yeah. <laughs> it w I, if cancel culture was popular then and that got out, hell, he would have been canceled so fast. But I literally, he handed me a spray can while the play was going. On the day of the play performance, he personally pulled me out, took me to the back porch. Gave me a spray can and said, spray paint this black. Spray paint this black. This is your final? Yeah. Wow. While everyone was performing in the very next room. Wow. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. That's sad. And I spray painted that table in character of a sad, depressed student. See, you jumped into. <laughs> All right. So you've had the bug. <laughs> However, because I, I was thinking back to like, okay, you're talking about high school, right? That's high school. Mm -hmm. I had zero ambition to try acting in high school, even though okay. I liked the idea of acting. I waited till college to yeah. try it. I couldn't do it. But um, I did think about like I had a, I was horrible in high school too. I hate it. I was uh, so bad. In, in acting uh, like i was in a shakespeare class where we oh it was more the literary english side where you're reading and stuff but there was one assignment where you take a play and you make a five minute short out of it and i got to act and do some editing in, on those things oh, okay and oh, it was just the worst it's just so bad why it's just so well, I, at the time, I didn't even know how to, like, inflect my voice. Like, I was just, like, monotone <laughs> high school kid, shy in front of the camera, nervous about the thing he wants to do. And I just couldn't... It was just horrible. What gave you the acting bug? Well, it's the way that I explain it these days is it's more like... I feel like it's a normal person thing when you watch a movie. Yeah. And you get excited about movies. Yeah. The thing that you see... You see the actors like that's you don't really understand what goes on behind the scenes or how the right. thing is made. You're just like, oh my gosh, wearing that Spider-Man suit would be sweet. Like yeah, I want to, yeah, like yeah. I want to be that. <laughs> I'd like want to, yeah, that looks awesome. I want to be that guy. Yeah, because you don't think about script supervisors or whatever when yeah. you're when you're watching a yeah. movie. But yeah, that's kind of just watching Spider-Man. Would you ever act again if? an opportunity arises like maybe like jamie says hey i got a role i think you'll be a great fit for or well i think i tried it i tried it recently oh okay and uh, it was horrible again <laughs> well because i don't know if you go to my instagram okay. um 
at Eddie V Hill V. Yes. For those that uh, aren't Check following me yet, um, you hit you click the little reels like Instagram reels, and I have those black and white little portrait back and forth there. There's a couple. I mean, that's all me acting. Like that's oh. those are that's me. Oh yes, playing I think myself. I saw one of them. Yes. So I'll play myself acting across another version of myself. Yes, I and, saw one of those. And those, those are funny. I have a I have a few of those, and those are fun, and thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and I write it and I act it, and it's meant to be like acting as a joke too. It's not a it's not serious acting, but that I enjoy I enjoy that. But the um. I don't know. I kind of reverted to like almost old 10 years ago, Eddie, when I got handed a chance to act again. I had a buddy, similar thing. He was like, I'm writing a thing. He's a newer director. He's like, I just want to make another short. And I wrote a role for you. Would you be down to do it? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Let's do it. Me as an actor. Let's, yeah. I haven't had a chance like this for, for 20 years. Yeah. Um, but I hated it. Really? I hated it. I hated it. I did not enjoy it at all. I didn't like That's it. That's interesting. I was busy working the week leading up to it, too, so I didn't really put much time into the actual prep, like the character building. I didn't really act it out much on my own or anything like that, so I didn't really prep for it. I think that's partial to blame. But then there's this thing, too, that a lot of I don't hear a lot of actors talking about, but... It's the the preset hanging out with actors waiting bit. Like yeah. I wanted to feel that out, and I was like, okay, I'm usually the guy on set yeah. managing everything, and then calling the actor when it's time to come. But yeah. being the actor waiting to get pulled to set, it's kind of a thing of its own. It's like its own little pseudo side world there. Yeah. That uh, I was sitting there nervous. Oh, my nerves were building, and it was just like actor talk. I'm like, I, I'm not an actor. Yes, you are, <laughs> sir. Yes, you are. I don't, I, I, I do the podcast because I enjoy talking to people, and I want to dig a little bit deeper and get. You can't really do that, right? In that kind of setting, yeah. it's, it's small talk. It's talking about trying to get our agent or talking about this latest gig you're on or yeah. and I'm like I don't really ca- I don't I don't care for small talk. I don't like it. Yeah. And I'm and I'm kind of like I want to almost be the actor but like I just wish I guess like I had my own trailer and I could just kind of wait oh. there whole hole up. Yeah. And prep and then just get called and it was time out of preferred that versus the the group yeah. setting. Yeah. But then I get, I get called out and I just kind of ramped it up too much in my head. I thought too much about it, and I, I, I feel like I tripped up a little bit, and I was just really nervous and sweating and stumbling, and well, in, in, in my head, it felt really bad. But I, I don't know. I think I, I got a couple of decent moments in there, but it was, oh. I did not enjoy it. Um, but maybe oh. I just gotta. I feel like it's, it's just more of like I hadn't done it in a while, and I built it up too much. So if I if I kept doing it or did it more, I'm sure I'd get more comfortable. Well, what was the director's feedback? Was he trying to coach you or? Well, again, he's a newer director too. So I don't know. I feel I feel like there's an element as well where I've helped him. Like he's watched me direct play. I've directed him before. 
we have that, but then directing me and like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really feel like it was a hundred percent. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he would have spoken up about giving me direction. If he just kind of let me do what I was going to do and called it good. Like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't want to ask how am I doing? Like, I didn't, I didn't even just like, let's just get this stuff scared. Would you say I should, I should ask him though. <laughs> So, being a professional experienced director now, would you say that that is a common beginning director mistake? Not giving feedback when they sh- feel like they sh- should be giving feedback? or Well, it's kind of, I, I, I'm, I don't want to speak for him, but uh, I feel like there are probably just nerves on both sides of the equation there. So... He's not at a place where he's confident in direction giving. And I'm at a place where I'm not confident in even receiving direction right now. Like I'm just I'm scared on my end and he's scared on his end and we're just we're just oh. fumbling through it on both sides. This kind of uh which is fine, but I wish I could have uh, Yeah, I would love to you know, I'm I say I would love to try it again, but um it kinda it has to almost be in like you're casting me as a joke. Like it should be like I don't like I, a skit or a sketch. Kind yeah, where it's I don't know, it's tricky too. What uh, um let's see. <clears throat> so you have a black belt. Hold <laughs> on, kidding. sir. I have a good question here. What is have you ever given direction to an actor and they got upset at you? And if if that happened What's the worst situation? What is the worst story of that? The most um, an actor got mad at you after giving them direction. Okay. The the story that comes to mind, luckily, I haven't really had any crazy experiences with that. But there is something that comes to mind where I was directing an actor who was also a producer on the project so okay uh, i gave this actor but it was it was kind of just to clarify where the confusion kind of comes in is you have the producer at the top yes who helps to bring me in as the director so i'm underneath the producer but then i'm giving directing i'm directing the actor right but they're also the producer so I'm I'm coming up with my own cre- I'm yeah. coming up with my own creative vision and I have ideas for what the actor can do but then the actor also has ideas because they're the producer. So the only instance that kind of happened with where that got muddy was I had a vision and I communicated it with the team and we're all setting up t- to accomplish this vision but I didn't keep the actor in mind for the thing i was like oh in normal situations it'd be like i'd go to the actor and i'm like all right ryan so we're setting up for this we're gonna shoot it like this what i need from you is this and this and ideally if you have notes on it we can kind of work through that and kind of meld it together in this situation the actor kind of fought back a little bit on the thing i was like why are we doing it like that and uh, it was kind of at the end of a longer day. It was like near the end of the week, and we're just kind of tired. And uh, 
it ends up being like we're on set right now and the, the people are waiting for us and i'm trying to explain to you so we're so we're currently set up for this if we can just shoot it like this because you know like that sort of thing but it wasn't like uh nobody was yelling nobody was it was just kind of like an obvious awkward discomfort on how like did a, it get resolved did uh, he just say like okay fine or we sh- we shot two variations of it so it was more of like all right we'll we'll do it like that but first let's make sure we get this one and then we'll move the camera and we'll shoot it like this which which one made it to the shot <laughs> the uh the not my vision <laughs> which is fine they're close that your enough choice? No, I was not in the ed- I was not. I wasn't in the post process oh, for this one. Oh shoot! But it's fine. It, it worked. It worked well. It was just more of like a stumble towards the end of a long week, and we're tired, and the communication was a little bit thin on that one. So, it was just like uh, but that's a little bit, yeah. I guess a little bit convoluted with the whole titles thing is yeah. producer, actor, director, and who has final say and what what's going on there. How do directors feel when they suggest? to an actor that we're going to do it like this and the actor says well can we try it this way or can can i can what if we do it like this do they like get when actors try to join in the creative process in that capacity or do they just prefer actors to be like oh you want to like that okay i could do that for you well i guess let me let me clarify I guess when you say they as as directors, I'm I'm thinking a lot about like when I script supervise, I work alongside a lot of directors that way. And so I'm thinking about that. I feel like it takes an experienced, confident actor to properly communicate that. And it takes an experienced, confident director to be open to that too. So Similar, it's like the complete opposite of the one I was acting in where I'm nervous and scared on my end and they're nervous and scared on their end. Like, you're not really going to come up with anything. <laughs> you're not going to find a way to make it interesting with, with two scared creatives. But with two confident creatives, I do see... It's it's it all depends all project to project of course and shot to shot. Sometimes you really have the specific marks in mind and you just need okay, I just need you to start here and here. The line needs to be delivered between these two points and it should be done at this point and you want to sit into this and play the piano or whatever the thing is, you know. But I like to live in the world where yes, please, let's talk through it. Right. Let's enter the space. It's kind of the classic um block light shoot method it's um filmmaking 101 where everybody's breaking down the last setup or whatever the case is or i don't know you're entering a new space and the director and the actors and whoever's relevant come in and we talk through the scene it's like all right ryan so you and spencer we have this kitchen here and we have a living room here i'm kind of envisioning he walks off this way and you walk off this way or maybe open the fridge or let's we gotta find something for you for you guys to do here. Like let's what are the ideas? <laughs> and we'll brainstorm together on what feels right. Spencer will play through some stuff, you'll react to his stuff and we'll we'll work through it. Once we're happy with it, we'll run it for the crew. Then Max will light it and then we'll shoot it. But like we spend time figuring out that blocking together as a collaborative team. Whether 
I mean, ideally, I come in and I've seen the space before. I have ideas. I've been prepping, and then still, then ideally, you've been prepping too, and you're like, "Well, I imagine blah blah blah." And I'm like, "All right, cool. Yeah, let's work that in. Let's figure that." Or maybe I like the thought, but let's we're not let's let's not do it that way or right. whatever. But I think voicing stuff is important. Have you ever gotten upset on set? <laughs> have I ever gotten upset? Do you have any, uh, like, angry at someone on set where you had to express your anger towards them or your discontentment? The only time I would be curious to to hear how others receive these moments, (laughs) but when it's crunch time. Like, you have, like, two shots and you have, like, 20 minutes left? Yeah, when like you that. when you have no time and a lot to do and you me as a director understand okay, me as a script supervisor too, I understand coverage, I understand well, me as a filmmaker in general, I understand how things are gonna cut, I understand what I need to have a scene in the edit, I understand um I also work as a first A D on occasion too, so I understand timing. So when I when I I'm told we have an hour and in my head, I know how many shots I want to get. And then I hear conversations around me of stuff that is not currently useful or helpful to help us get what we need in the time that we have. I have on occasion, uh, me raising my voice is not a typical, I'm, I'm I, I don't, I, I don't, voice. it's more of a, I'll call it projecting my voice. Sometimes we'll be setting up for something and somebody gets confused on an element. And I'm like, guys. Wait, we, that's you projecting your voice right this now? Is not, I'm not projecting oh, my okay. voice right now. I'm like, guys, we do not. I'm like, that doesn't matter right now. Let's put oh. that down. We're, I, don't, I don't care about that section. Forget the hallway. We're focused here over here. Like I'll kind of bring whatever me raising my voice is like. I, I try to keep that calmness. I don't want to create tension. Yeah, I don't want to create tension, but I got to put my foot down and be stern with it, too. It's like, I thought this through. We already shot the hallway in this other shot. Like, we don't for, for, forget. Get, get Let's get the thing that we need right now. This is the spot that we need. Camera should go right here. It should follow our actor from here to here. And this is what we're setting up for. Let's stop wasting time over here. So sometimes I'll cut off conversations and be like i don't care about this focus here do you think (laughs) in the future you'll ever have to raise your voice and get upset at someone if they're like let's say you told him multiple times like let's focus here and he keeps talking or he ignores you or he talks back and says like like no no that's not my tactic that's never my tactic so you would never ever raise your voice i don't know how to raise my voice (laughs) You never raised your voice against someone? Like yelled at someone? It's not productive. It's not helpful. But if you're mad, sometimes you can't control it. What I do is I go the opposite way where I'll speak quieter. Like I I, I kind of prefer to go from the, I'll call it the disappointed dad perspective oh. on like I'm sad now and I don't like that... Like I'm just I'm just not happy right now, and now I'm not having fun. 
and this is the moment's ruined like that that kind of stuff i'll kind of like what are, what are we even doing here right now like i'll have I'll you said this before on set um because that was very scary just now <laughs> like that really defeated me like oh fudge i messed up so I'll put people in that position if I need to, but that's 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 the equivalent of me raising my voice, where I'll speak up on like somebody else will be getting angry, and I will counter it with my disappointment in them for getting angry, versus getting mad at them. I think that's my preferred thing. It's, it's I think that's. Uh, It's my way of showing that I care. Like, I really do care about the projects I work on, and I want everybody to be happy. I put a lot of work into making sure that everybody's getting what they came here to get out of the project. I don't want to waste anybody's time. I don't, and I want to listen to everybody's input. And, like, it's, I try very hard on my sets. So when people are getting upset around me, it makes me, it makes me sad. Wow. Like, Come on, guys. Let's give the benefit of the doubt here. Let's, you know, all that kind of stuff. But so I don't. I don't. If I if I yell, no, that's not. That's I've something something else. Some, something else is going on for sure. Wow, we <laughs> interesting. I can't believe you never had you you um, yeah, never yelled before. Like yelled at a person. That's, that's on set yeah no no oh well, you have yelled that person offset <laughs> sure sure i'm old enough to where i've i've experimented in my time but oh. if it's, you know i've yelled i've i've tried you know growing up i raised my voice at my parents before right, and, yeah. and, and, re and regretted that immediately like oh. uh, you know that, that sort of stuff happens through they no oh that's you know you get into arguments with your parents yeah yeah, yeah. And you watch TV sometimes, and you're like, I should try yelling sometime, and you try it, and you're like, that was not a good idea. Oh, <laughs> I feel I feel worse for yelling. Like that's that's just just mean. Yelling is mean. It makes me feel bad, and it makes the other person feel bad. That's not the kind of that's not the kind of energy I want to put out. Very mature way of thinking. I wish I can say the same about me not yelling at people. You yell? No, I do. Not a lot, but I definitely, if I'm, the more upset I get, the more likely it is for me to yell and not go the quiet way. Although I would agree the quiet way is more often than not more effective. But yeah, I do yell and it's very scary when I yell. But and but you're right, I don't like it. After I yell, I, I sometimes I can't sleep at night because of all the adrenaline and all that. Yeah, you got to go places to get that, yeah. Which is, I guess, the point of yelling, too. You have to actually feel the anger to yeah. properly convey the intent. Koreans are really good yellers. Okay. Nothing scarier than a Korean person yelling at you because they're mad. They just have that... You could just taste the anger in their voice. So if you never need an actor being really mad at someone, I'm your guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess I know for me too. I don't respond well to others yelling. Yeah. It doesn't really affect me much. I've found a way to. I've got a pretty strong defense for yellers. I'm like, this isn't. Again, this isn't productive. It doesn't. Right. Yeah. So if you're yelling at me, 
we need to we need to bring you down to have a good yeah. we yeah. can't we can't communicate like yeah. that's the whole and that's, that's the, whole the thing. only way to diffuse a yeller yeah you if you try to match their energy it'll just go that's back and forth yeah so, so you have a black belt yeah i do have a black belt um how does this, this fit into your choir life Where, what what's going on here? oh well i kind of have like a black belt and i put it in quotes because i got it when i was in eighth grade so I was really young. I was like oh, okay. 13 or 12. So I granted, I did go to Taekwondo for two years. And I'm in middle school, so I wasn't like a baby baby. But yeah, I was in eighth grade when I got it. Took a 15-year break. Started back last year in May. Went to the same Taekwondo school I went to 15 years ago, which was awesome. But I found Wushu, which is like Kung Fu. And I ended up liking that a lot more. Um, especially because I think it translates more better on film just because it looks cooler and it's more flashy. So now I'm a green belt in Wushu and I've been doing Wushu for almost a year. No, 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 no. Like nine months now, eight months. And I love it. But yes, I am technically a black belt. Technically speaking. Okay. That's cool. So what, um, why what are the benefits like why why get back into it what uh i know okay yes please oh (laughs) well when i decided um towards the end of the pandemic like i think i'm gonna try to pursue this acting thing obviously i'm asian uh and um you know like i feel like i could go up for roles where martial arts is included you know so and I and I want to do roles like that, you know. I would be super. It would be super fun to do roles like you know in Shang Chi or some fighting movie or whatnot. So I thought it would be a good skill to have. So I decided to uh, pursue again, pursue it again. And the benefits, you know, it's a great workout. Um, your reflexes get really good. Your your body becomes more coordinated. Um, and it's just fun. I enjoy it a lot. I enjoy doing cool things. Although I can't do any cool things right now because I'm still a lower belt, but. It was mainly for film, for acting. I thought it would enhance my acting career and make me more castable if I'm a better martial artist. Okay. All right. Nice. Hi-ya. And plus, Ciao. you kind of have the background in it already, too, where you came up as a kid doing a... Doing a... You have a black belt in what? Oh, Taekwondo. Taekwondo. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and honestly... um. Most, I feel like a lot of casting directors probably assume that I know martial arts already because I'm Asian. So, you think is that how casting directors are they very stereotypical stereotype? I think so. I think they would assume that. I mean, not to be racist right now, because I know it's not true, you know. But you know, if you're like, it's, I feel like, you know, a lot of times some people, if they see a black person, they'll automatically assume they probably know how to like rap you know same thing with Asian they probably know martial arts is that a hot take am I going to get cancelled for saying that well you're saying what you think other people think so I don't I don't know it's a little bit some degrees of separation there (laughs) um that's interesting okay well I have little faith in humanity for thinking this way that's a question that's a question No, that's cool though. Having that physicality, I'm sure, yeah, could expand regardless of. Because I was thinking of um, 
like everything everywhere all at once oh such a good movie there's like some super so good. like i think my like the chef i was thinking of the you for like that chef roll with the, the oh! rat, rat, raccoon or something like there's just some super wacky roles that they still have to do all this physicality and i'm sure yeah that all whether it's wushu or not having the control over your body yeah really that was a great movie did you like that movie loved it saw it twice I saw it three times. Ooh. So one up. But Ooh. what what from a director's standpoint makes that movie so good? Like it was is it the story, the shots, the cinematography, the acting? Like why cuz that movie is very quirky. Love it. Yeah, well, but what from a director's standpoint did you find that movie so captivating? Well, you can tell that Somehow you can tell that the people that made it cared. That's kind of, I, every frame, it feels like every department put everything they had into each kind of frame. It's like, I think about the opening sequence at their, at their home. Um, I know I was wowed right off the bat with just the set deck, like the set decorating, they have the like the writing everything everything was so good but just like every corner of the laundry mat and then their back their back room like they have all their tax papers all around everything is packed to the brim the house is like totally lived in it's a hundred percent every corner every nook has stuff packed into it and um that kind of feels the same with the writing too. There's like three conversations going on at once. In the beginning, they're talking. She's talking about one thing. He's talking about one thing. The grandfather's coming in here. The daughter's coming in here. Like, oh wow! The choreography of the writing feels like real, authentic and family interaction versus like a scripted. Let's have our chat. Okay, now the dad comes in and have this chat. Oh. It was all bouncing around. You know they they're. They were just having fun. It just looked like a lot of fun, and it, I mean the the it just very layered. The story was layered, art was layered deep. The cinematography was all over the place. Like it seemed very experimental. It seemed very. That was just there's so much going on, and it was it was just too much fun. I love that what you said about you could tell that everyone put their all into it. Like, yeah, that's so true. I could, I, I didn't notice it until you pro pointed it out. But yeah, I did feel that. Like, it seemed like it was so meticulously and carefully crafted. Yeah. Yeah, no. Those those directors are awesome. I know. Yeah, the Daniels. Uh, I forget their last names because they just always go by the Daniels. Yeah. But, um. I know that those guys specifically come at it from such a weird direction too. Like they don't even like when they were making their first film, um, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Swiss Swiss army, Army Swiss army man. They were talking about how make it just the process of making a movie is so weird and like convoluted that it's hard to make. Like they were kind of like making a movie as a joke. Mm. And so they come at it from like almost an, it's almost like a meta level where they're, looking at the process and just kind of like throwing stuff at it to see what, see how it'll work. So they're, they're very, um, 
I don't know how they came up. I don't know enough about these guys, but they approach it differently. And I was very inspired because they, they shot a lot in a very short amount of time. Oh. And it's blows my mind. Would you say that is an Oscar-worthy film? Like, will that type of film even get nominated for an Oscar? I don't know. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure like, maybe some performances will get some nods. I don't know about cinematography. I don't know about editing. Editing should get a nod. That that editing in that movie was pretty crazy, too. Um, what about best film? Who knows? Who knows? It would be lovely if it got a nod, wouldn't it? Do you think it will? Writing too, best original screenplay for sure. I don't, I don't, I don't think too much about the Oscars really, so I don't, I don't put much thought into it. But yeah, it'd be lovely, I suppose. Good for them. It's right. Captivated en- enough audiences for sure. Yeah, yeah. How are we doing on time, sir? We're doing pretty good. We're nearing the end here. Maybe one question each, and then we'll maybe some easier ones. Okay. <clears throat> Actually, I wanted to bring up um, your last guest. My last guest. Sorry, I watched. Uh, oh, oh, Yvette Lou? No, no, no. Amog Carvoy? Amog. Oh, Carvoy, how do you know yeah. Amog? I've been on set with him before. <laughs> what? Yeah. I was a script supervisor on this um, crazy, like. He played, <laughs> it's a comedy, it's a crazy comedy the, from this team that, like this military veteran team. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was it? It was on the Veterans Channel? Yeah, Veteran oh, Television. Oh, V for Valor? Was it that one? Uh, I think it maybe, or Grunt's Life oh, yeah, 2. Oh, yeah, Grunt's Life, that's the one. Grunt's Life 2, yeah. Yeah, I was on set. So when I saw that he was in your thing, I'm like, I know that guy. Did you say hi to him? On set and stuff. Yeah, there, there was some. There was such a huge cast. Yeah. That I don't, th- I don't know how well I connected with really anybody, but I remember him. He had a crazy role for sure. He had to drink. There was a clip that he posted where he drank some goo or liquid. I don't remember this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a monk. Good guy. Really good guy. Yeah. You should, you should have him on your podcast too. He's a great guest. He was cool. Yeah. But yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, because we, yeah, these these military guys, they write stories kind of almost making fun of the U.S. military in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So like the what really happened or yeah. versus the, versus what you see the, the ads for Army Life or Join the Air Force, like it's super like cin- cinematic and glorified and all that. Yeah. These guys are showing the stupidity that happens uh, over there. So he played a, a member of the Taliban, I think, or like a Afghanistan. I think he was like a backstabber oh. where uh, the military were training up local Afghanistan people to kind of stand up for their own country and stuff. But they had some people within that yeah. group that yeah. were working for the Taliban and right. infiltrating from, from the inside and stuff. So I th- I think that's what his role was. I'm trying to. It was, it was some crazy stuff. I mean, it's all through the vein of laughing at, you know, these military guys, these vets that want to laugh at the experience. It's kind of cathartic for them. Yeah, yeah. Versus, uh, yeah, it's, you can just 
relate to your your dudes on how crazy it was and how stupid it was. Yeah, wow, what but. a small world. That is one thing I noticed too. The film community, I mean, the acting directing community is smaller than you think. So be nice to everyone. Just be kind in general. So you don't have, you know, just how much try that. Um yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ha- don't don't be kind cuz you think they're going to help you out in the future. That's right. that's, that's 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 wrong incentives here. Right. Well, now I got a question for you, sir. Now you have, you know, you have a film on Amazon Prime. Sure. Right? And it's, or, yeah, you do already have one. You have another one coming out, right? Chama Days? Chama Days? Chama Days. Yeah. That one's nearing the end of post currently. I've been saying that for like 10 years now, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's happening. Yeah, because it wrapped May 2000. It's been over a year since yeah. we wrapped the, yeah. wrapped the film. So that's exciting. But so you you're you're a credible director now. Do you deal with actors trying to like suck up to you or be like try to reach out to you in a very artificial way, hoping to you know I don't know gain a role or something like that? Like, do you deal with that? I feel like it actually happens. I've I've dealt with that a lot on Instagram. That's oh. usually where it kind of goes down, but. Wait, they DM you? Yeah, I'll, I'll get DMs. Oh, wow. on occasion, not too often, but what did they um, say? They'll be <laughs> the worst ones are just like they'll just notice in my bio that I'm a I'm a director, and they'll DM me saying if I have any roles available they can audition for. But they don't. Not many people reference like, "Hey, I checked out your links and I watched your I watched your feature. I watched some shorts and I really love what you do and I would love to work with you. Do you have anything coming up that I could audition for?" Like that'd be a better lead up if I knew that you actually like what I did. But a lot of people just kind of blind DM. It's like, "Hey, any roles available?" Or and I'm like, "Uh, do you respond?" Oh, uh, so yes, sometimes, sometimes I, I'll just be like, "Um, no, nothing currently." Uh keep following i'll probably post on my story if there's anything going on i'll be nice like that but has you given anyone a role through a dm or an audition i don't recall i don't feel like i have i don't so would um, you say that's a bad way of reaching out for well, I think I think there's a, I think there's a good way of reaching out is just saying, "Hey, I love your vibe. I love what you do. I'm happy to follow you, and uh, hope to work with you someday." Like more more of like you know lay lay some lay some groundwork first before uh, stuff, and that's more of a nice way of getting into my brain. Where then if I follow back or whatever and I kind of can see what you're up to and I like what you're doing too, then I'll keep you in mind for stuff. Like it's more of uh, how I work. But um, yeah, because I like to cast from who I know and who I've worked with before. I'm very, um, uh, I, I was going to say loyal, but I very much appreciate when people put their time and efforts into into me when... Like for the stuff that we've done, it's like the two shorts that you came out for were on pay just like for fun things. One was for, for Jamie to get to set some experience as a director. Yeah. One, the Spencer one was just like, we're just want to shoot something and Max has a cool camera oh, and yeah. we're just like, let's just, let's just 
it's more of like a warm-up exercise thing. So then, for instance, for you, I'm like, man, Ryan's put some time into uh, coming out and and doing some stuff or whatever. I'm like, I really dig his thing and what he's doing, and uh, I appreciate him coming out. I definitely want to give back when I can and be like, oh, I've got this, I've got this cool, and I'm like, I know he's got physicality, so whatever. I'm like... He would be a perfect fit. So you come to mind a lot more because you've just been there and you're always doing stuff and you're whatever. Wow. But I didn't know actors actually DM directors saying stuff like that. There, there's a certain point. Like I'm definitely not a director in which like I haven't directed any. I'm thinking of like Lulu Wang or something, for instance. Um after like if you 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 hit a cer- if you direct a certain movie you kind of become too big mm-hmm. like she talked about after directing the farewell she was doing um she would have coffee meetups with people oh you know she i do coffees a lot too like she would grab coffee with people. She would talk to directors or actors or whatever she would do. She would just be like, "Yeah, I'm out and about. I'm grabbing coffee with people." But after directing that movie, you know, it was a financial hit and stuff. She kind of hit a certain echelon, if you will, and she kind of had to like stop doing that because she was too big. But uh, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there. <laughs> there yet. I'm very approachable. I try to be very approachable and just approach uh, in the right way. Yes, so true. The maestro is kind. And if you are going to DM him, DM him like the way he said, or it's not going to work. Wowee. Yes, yes. Well, that's all, (laughs) folks. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah. We, um... We have time for more. I can podcast. I can do this all day. I don't know. I was kind of, I, I kind of, I wanted to ask. Oh, okay. This is just kind of to stick with, I wanted to learn, hear more about stand-up comedy just uh, oh. a little bit. Yes, of if course. I, may. I know we got you excited. We thought the episode's over. No, 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 but, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> I just feel bad because I, I feel like, <laughs> I, 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 um, I just wasn't sure. Because you're very kind, so I just want to make sure that if you're <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Th- thinking well, on the inside, why isn't this guy leaving? No, that no, I no. give you an out. But I, I'm having a great time. I appreciated yeah. it. It's getting a little spicy in here too. It's warming up. Oh yeah, <laughs> that high school teacher story. Who? Um, I wanted to ask about subtle Asian comedy. Yeah. You have a 15-minute comedy special. Yes. Through funny media, media productions. productions, yeah. And I wanted to ask a little bit about how that came about. What, how oh, you, man. how you, um, what your, what your comedic style is, and uh, and kind of how you, yeah, how you define yourself, how you found yourself, and yeah, all that. Man, that uh, well, that comedy special, I literally got it like. Like the second month going into st- doing stand up, so I got it really fast. So um, that's me being that's me very very green, and you can tell. And I, I watched it. I'm like, oh, that's a little mm. cringy, yeah, um, or really cringy. Um, <clears throat> but 
how I got that was I did a show at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. I did five minutes. And, uh, and one of the producers for that saw me. And they were trying to recruit a bunch of stand-up comics because their thing is they're going to give out a bunch of comedy specials. And hopefully, like, Netflix picks them up or something. So that's they were recruiting a lot. And he saw me and he liked me. So after the show, he just said, hey, um, here's my card. Call me. And I thought it was just like a scammer or something. So I'm like, I'm not going to call this guy. So I, but as, a, as I was walking to my car after the show, he drove past me and said, hey, call me. I'm serious. And I'm like, eh, I'm still not going to call him. But three days later, I'm like, oh, what the heck? I'll call him. So I called him. And that's how I got it. But he saw me from a show. Um, he says, do you have 15 minutes? I only had five, but I said yes. And then I'm like, do you have, uh, uh, I need you to record a comedy special in two weeks. Um, do you have 15 minutes? And I said yes. But I only had five. So I had to write 10 minutes in two weeks. So not a lot of time. But I did a lot of open mics at that time. Um, all that to say. Um, so that I got that very green. And there I was still figuring out my style. Yeah. I'm still honestly trying to figure out my style right now. But honestly, for me, stand-up comedy, what I think makes a stand-up comedian com- uh, successful is actually not the writing. Like, the writing's important, for sure. But I would say writing is, like, 49%. And 51% is attitude and personality. Because you, if you're, um, no matter what, if you're not confident... I should have said 51% is confidence. Because no matter what, if you're not confident enough on stage, no matter what you say, it's not going to be funny and it's not going to work. Because I noticed that audience can feel when someone's unconfident. So if you're unconfident up there, you already lost, my friend. So the biggest thing is confidence. And for me, what gives me the most confidence is from just being myself, which is kind of odd, deadpan, self-deprecating. And now what I do is I just try to put myself in the best position to showcase that part personality because that's what's going to make me the most confident up there so the writing is important yes and before i would write to for the purpose of oh what do i what's funny but now i write for the purpose of how can i make this funny you know what how can i showcase my personality through my writing as opposed to like an objective like oh i think this is funny yeah, it's a, you're you're pairing the writing with who you are, and yeah. and the combination of the two is the key. Yeah, exactly. And I thought about this um, just recently, and I, who knows? I might be wrong. I might be thinking of something completely different tomorrow. But as of this moment, that is my answer. But yeah, the pairing of the two, the writing with your humor and the confidence and the. Yeah. Did you did you name is this is that the did you name the special or was I that good? Okay. I named it Subtle Asian Comedy. Yes, and I will admit I named it that cuz I thought it would be super clickbaity, but it backfired on me cuz there's a huge Facebook group called Subtle Asian Comedy, Subtle Asian Traits, and it has like millions of Asian followers. So I thought like oh, if yeah. I called it Subtle Asian Comedy, it might slip in the algorithm and I'll get a lot of clicks, but I don't think it worked. Okay, so we didn't. So it didn't necessarily backfire; it just didn't work. <laughs> well, <laughs> or, was, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I, it, but the title also makes sense because, like, a lot of my humor is from the perspective of being an Asian person, 
so it's subtly Asian. I guess it's not that. So subtle. is it subtle comedy or is it subtle Asian? Subtle. It's called subtle Asian comedy. <laughs> right, but is the comedy subtle or is the Asian subtle, or is it all subtle? It's all. It's like the the reaction, the laughter I get from the crowd. All subtle. <laughs> subtle. 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 Ha-has. Subtle laughters. <laughs> well, cause I know, I know when people try to ask me about the genres I like to direct, okay. I, I hate the I hate the question so much. I I don't know. So I, I sorry for throwing it at you. Oh. But no, when when I talk to let's just say when i'm on set as a script supervisor and it comes right. up that i'm a director or whatever too or i direct yeah. on the side or whatever however i say it people ask oh cool like what what kind of stuff do you like to direct you no, don't like that question and i'm like oh really that seems like a fun question no, no it's not fun because it's the obvious question oh oh know. that's true so i just yeah. get it a lot it's like well i don't know uh, <laughs> so I, I i describe often that I subtle like the more subtle comedy is kind of my my vein. So when oh. you were saying subtle Asian comedy, I'm like, oh, well, that's why I like your con. That's why I like. That's why I think you're funny is because I, like the, I love the subtle humor. It's yeah, not. It's very sometimes too subtle, but it is. You can you subtle. can go you can go very subtle, and you do you. I go very very <laughs> subtle, <laughs> maybe too subtle. <laughs> At times. And I'm like, all right, he's making everybody uncomfortable over here, but I know what he's doing. Thank you. And it, that's the hard part about being a subtle comedian is that you will – but I also love this about it, but you have like maybe 70% of the people that get it and 30% like, like why is yeah. he doing this? Yeah, they you don't know? know what's going on. Yeah, but I like that. You know, like, I think that creates a good atmosphere, but that is a difficulty of having that type of humor is that some people – just don't get it and because i i don't. yeah i'm thinking about one time on on the last set we were on where you were, you did this like <laughs> you said well i i like you have a lot of good one-liners too that are just out of nowhere and cracks everybody up yeah but i know uh you you, you do this like high five thing some i think you did it in a bit too oh you're like all right everybody on three whatever and you kind of yeah yeah you, you, yeah. you say it in that in that like, dead, uh, yeah. lifeless voice. Yeah, and like, you're supposed to be motivational. Yeah, and you're not even, you're not even, you're like, all right. Uh. Yeah. And then you and Spencer, Spencer reached out to you for your hand and everybody else just watched. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, this is the, this is the point of the joke. If people actually got excited by it, the joke's not working. Yeah. Like, you're, it's not supposed to work. Thank you. Yeah, you totally get it. Yeah. Because, you know, when someone's doing this, it's usually like a very, right before like a very exciting football game where the coach is like, come on, guys, we got this. Like, uh, Wolves on three. But I, when I do it, I usually say, all right, we can do this, guys. Come on. Yeah. Teamwork on three. One, two, three. And the, and the, what you have to do is you have to do it really like, Slow, slow yeah, lift. Slow and as uh, unaspiring as possible. But I'm glad you get it, sir. I get it. That's why you're here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do you... So you, is subtle comedy different than dramedy? I don't know. Oh! <laughs> Who cares? Oh! <laughs> Dramatic comedy. 
dramedy. Yeah. Dramedy sounds like something else. Well, People have a different vision when you hear yeah. dramedy. Yeah. Well, because so what would you? What is this TV show that's out right now or a movie that? I don't know. I, that I, encapsulates. I, I usually, I usually point up. I know people have countered my style with like a like a curb your enthusiasm or uh, yeah totally. I know I point to the office a lot too with totally. I like totally yeah yeah but, okay but then but then even then I'm still I don't know we're all we're all crafting ourselves a little bit you know forever so I um I feel like I'm still honing in on on the specific specific niche of comedy but whenever I watch my own stuff I'm like. I can never think of anything else. It's, I don't know. I have a hard time with the comparison things. That's why I don't really like the question of like, what kind of what kind of comedy do you? I'm like, I don't know. Have you seen my stuff? <laughs> Just watch my stuff and you'll know. Is com uh days Sorry. <laughs> comedies. Is days Would you say that brand? We're calling it a psychological comedy. Oh, a psychological comedy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's 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 got it's I feel like the comedy is a little bit few and far between, but it, it is at the there is a thread of subtle like it doesn't take itself too seriously as a movie, but it does we do get some heated dramatic scenes we do get some little horror elements, but through the whole thing, there it's a it's got the it's got its comedy layer for yeah. sure. Yeah, and subtle is tricky. Do you, you know, this just reminds me of that scene from The Office where um, the warehouse co-workers got, won the lottery, and with that with that winnings, they invested in an energy drink company for gay men. And they come to Daryl and saying like, hey, we invested in this gay energy company, but did horribly. And, and Daryl was like, oh, shoot, let me try one of the flavors. And then he, he tries it, and he's like, oh, what is this? And they're like, coconut penis and then he says um very subtle on the coconut <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like okay yeah that's true it's not good to be too subtle sometimes and uh, and this is regards to the you know, subtle humor but that's just what it reminded me <laughs> yeah yeah very subtle on the coconut that's a later season of the office for yeah. sure i don't like the later seasons but oh i don't like the only season and i still liked it but i thought that I wasn't too fond of was the last season because they made Andy a total douchebag well, and I thought it totally didn't work. For the final season? Yeah. It was the final season. You didn't, wait, you did like it or you didn't? I didn't like it. I thought they tried hard again with the last season and it got good again. But... You liked Andy? You, you liked Andy as that mean, mean I don't, guy? I don't like Andy. So... Did you like him before? No, I never liked Andy. Really? I loved Andy until the last season. He was too uh, mean. But I love Andy was like one of my favorites because he's so he's so like unlikable. <laughs> yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. So I think he worked well as a. I don't remember him being mis mis misworked in the last season, but. Oh okay. Well, he was just mean, like so mean, to like Aaron and Nelly and. And like I don't remember at all. Yeah, he was just a horrible boss. Gotta go back and watch it. <laughs> Ooh, last right. question so, for yeah, you, we'll, we'll, sir. You have another question? Yes. <laughs> go for it. How long has we have we been going so far? I don't know. I haven't I haven't officially timed it. This is somewhere around the. Um, I feel like we went for two hours. No, we're hour forty five maybe. Oh, maybe we're nearing two hours. Do you edit your podcast or do you this, just? This will be straight on through. Straight on through. That's what that's what I do too. 
So we'll let's let's wind out with um but this last question is the deepest question okay. of the entire sure, go interview. Go for it, go for it. And it may require another hour for you to answer it. Yes. I'm just kidding. It's not a deep question. So, Mr. Visual. Jeez Louise. What motivates you to become the best director you can be? What drives you, sir? What makes you get out of that bed in the morning? What makes you keep editing at 3 a.m.? What makes you buy that bag of goldfish that you didn't have to buy, but you are going to buy so the crew might appreciate you more? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking about, one, I don't stay up till 3 a.m. editing. (laughs) Sleep is very important to me. Okay, well, that's good. Got to keep that energy. Yeah. Consistency is more important than the burst energy. Yes, agreed. I I would rather, uh, yeah. Um, Goldfish, I don't like goldfish. I'm not going to buy that for the crew because I'm not going to eat it if they don't eat it. Um, What motivates me? It's a good question. I haven't thought about this for a while. I know... What keeps that fire burning in the furnace? It's just this is the it's a it's a crazy uh, creative journey that we're on. I don't know how I don't know how it is on your your end, but I know on my end, the challenge of getting something made at all is always exciting and creating something out of nothing is always exciting. I know giving people opportunities to be themselves and to showcase who they are and do the thing they love is very exciting for me. Um, And then I know that the hardest thing on my side, which I guess keeps me going is like once I've done a thing, I can't do the same thing again, like on that same scale. Like I gotta, I can't just like, let's just say if I'm doing Hallmark Christmas movies or something like that's a formula. Like if I were to do one, I'm not going to have fun going back and doing it again. Like I gotta, like, what's the like level up, level up, level up or mix up genre or yeah, you gotta the, mix it up. The, the consistent change in, so that's, that's the tough part on the indie side is you only have so many resources at your disposal. But uh, like I've each project has climbed that uh, that I've that I've done. Like I did the feature that's on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, it's called It's What's on the Inside. Mm-hmm. Watch that. That came out last year, 2021. Uh, Chama Days. That's what Hannah Wu. Hannah Wu was in that one, yeah. And then Chama Days was a level up in the sense that I already got... Like the first time, I was like, can I make a feature at all? Okay, sweet. And then feature number two was, I know I can make a feature. Now let's hone in on everything I've learned since I made that feature. Boom, make a better feature. 
and then try to we're gonna do the festival route and oh. try to get that thing sold and stuff which i didn't really try on the last one so i'm gonna try to get some new experiences with that and then um the short film i just came out of was the the biggest budgeted project that i've had the chance to direct and, and produce so that one was expanding the team and packing those days as full as possible to really capitalize on everything and working with the team to make sure yeah just bringing in better people which adds pressure as a creative too because you want to lead them properly and give them the best opportunity to succeed which fuels my day-to-day too because i don't i don't want to fail them that keeps me going. <laughs> so once once you get in the loop of like creating, like I mentioned loyalty earlier too. Like I've worked, like the Trauma Days feature was a lot of donated time. We were at a specific time on that one post, like vac- just vaccine had just come out and we just wanted to shoot something. So the team essentially took uh, three weeks out of our schedules and made a movie kind of thing. So then I feel indebted to all those people. So like I enjoy the pressure of needing needing to succeed because it's not just about me it's about the people that i care about that are also hustling and on the rise as well so it's 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 not all it's i don't know i just i just enjoy the chat i don't know just there's a lot going on there but um, I know I want to succeed and I want to succeed for others and help lift other people up too. So that it's not, uh, yeah. The maestro. The maestro. <laughs> Beautifully yeah. said. Beautifully said, sir. I knew you were a hustler, but I didn't know you were this much of a hustler. You're a hustler, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I guess, I guess I am. Uh, yeah, so the so the big ambitions, big goals, and I'm scared about this next phase for sure because oh. I've just, you know, I'm wrapping that post. I'm I'm wrapping post on Chama Days, and I'm going to ideally be wrapping post on this short film called Sojourn in the next month too. And then being that those are my latest, biggest projects... I, I'm not going to feel satisfied trying to do the same thing again. It's like, hey, everybody, you want to do three weeks for, th-? you know, it's like, no, it's not going to, I don't know. So it's. You're always trying to, yeah, level up or like, mix it up. Yeah, you want to, yeah, you got to leverage the experience you've collected to um, do the next thing even better with with more and, yeah, bring better people or the same people and give them more to work with, like all all that kind of stuff for sure. Success is the warmest place to hide. That's just what you said reminded me of. <laughs> Does that make sense? That so- uh, sounds a little um, ominous. Oh, because uh, that I'm trying to hide. Uh, and the succeeding no, gives me no. the place. It's <laughs> a good thing because you know you're right. Once you su- you successfully directed a um, feature film you know some people will be very happy staying and basking in that success as long as you can that as long as they can because it feels good but you you're always trying to do more i try my best to uh 
celebrate the wins. You know, you gotta you gotta celebrate the moments for sure. But yeah, I'm all yeah. It's a it's a tough balance. Life begins outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> That's what also you just said reminded me of. You always try to get out of your comfort zone. Because you know that's when life really begins. And if you're just comfortable all the time, it's not a life worth living. Two roads diverged in the <laughs> Okay, so what are you working on next, buddy? What are you we're we're we just crossed a halfway point of the year. What's Oh I thought you were gonna say we just crossed a halfway point <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> um well, I'm working on next shoot. Um, uh, working on next. What's the how's the what's the goal of the podcast? Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, that's what you meant. Okay, like what's no, my next goal. Yeah, just what do you? Yeah, I was. It was just a general question, but I thought I'd ask about that since this is a fresh episode four. Yeah. Well, what? A, po- a podcast. Honestly, it was just. Um, I enjoy talking to people, and also I know, like I said before, like you have to make your own content now, uh, or it helps to make your own content. So you know, I'm also I'm also a hustler. I like to hustle and bustle, so I'm trying to do what I can with my free time. You know, make sure you use the microphone. Oh. There, okay. <laughs> See, that's how you know I'm on episode four because I don't even use the microphone. But um, yeah, I'm just trying to be as productive as I can with my time, and I thought the podcast would be a fun way for me to. Um, talk to people and release some contents because I like to post like funny clips from the convo. And I, I really, really like the humor that comes out of these type of situations. So I really, I think we got a lot of great stuff here that I'm going to post and um, <laughs> we'll see. But um, besides the pod, so the podcast is that me just creating content and um, me creating content. And what's next for me? You know, um, you know, I would, it's such a cliche answer, but you know, I would obviously like to get a co-star. I would like to the get a national commercial or something. Um, it seems like you've been killing it from from my you you've been booking consistently. It seems like you know everyone's been telling me that, but no, no, I didn't book anything for the last month now. Uh, but I think what what happens is um, the projects that I do they always usually come out around the same time. So I and I like to post them, you know, pretty. Yes, yeah, so you're blasting like ten bookings at once. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and not ten. I wish, but um, no, I, no, y'all, I didn't book anything for the last month, and I'm auditioning a lot. You know, I didn't. So I booked. I auditioned forty five times now without uh, a booking. I got an avail or a hold, but you know, but no, I didn't book anything for the last month, and um, you know, I want to put together a fight reel together. That's what that's what's next. Maybe in like the next two months, and I think that might help me with booking. Um, I'm trying to imagine you fighting. I just can't. I, don't, I just currently can't see it. So I got, I got I got to see this real, and it'll change my mind. Wait, but, why don't you want to? Well, cause I, cause you, okay, cause cha, cha. If we're, we're talking, <laughs> if we're talking cha, cha. brand, <laughs> the subtle subtle comedy is like I know. If it, are you planning on incorporating? awkward into the fights or are you trying to be badass fighter and also awkward boyfriend at the same time i don't know man that's the thing it's that um my brand is so like 
niche you know, that I feel like sometimes I'm shooting myself in the foot. Because I think I heard that casting directors do look at Instagram and if they see all my like cringy stand up clips, they're like, what the fudge? Like, we don't want this guy. Um, Or they do. Yeah. Or they do what if they need a really awkward, ugly, tall Asian guy with long hair. But anyways, um, that that is a dilemma. I'm trying to figure that out because I I like to play all roles. I'm definitely not like, oh, I'm not going to do this. It's not my brand. I don't really care about my brand. I just like to be me. Um. But that is an issue, or an issue that that I think might arise in the future. Like, what Ryan as a doing a fight reel? That's gonna be so weird. He's so yeah, awesome. Yeah, because I like the idea. I feel like it would be boring to watch you play like a normal dude. Yeah, like that sounds like why are we why are we bottling up Ryan Koo in just some some normal like security oh oh role where he does some punching and kicking? Like that's not. We got oh. you. Got you. Got to play it. You gotta. You gotta let the. Uh, you gotta let the personality ooze through it, and also layer on the action. Right. But I don't know. If, yeah. But either, well, you'll figure it out. What do you? Okay, sorry. This is the last question of the podcast. <laughs> As a director, what do you think is my type? Like when you think Ryan, what are the role like type of roles you see me for? Like, do you see me as the like the weird stoner do you see me as like the like the bad boy bully sorry i yawned on that one because the question is uh (laughs) i see ryan as someone that is boring and should never be cast (laughs) no no um well, because I know I'm thinking about how you've been cast so far in my world. Uh, the initial character for Love at First Arrangement wasn't wasn't intended to be as awkward as the guy who came in the door, but I trust that we would still lean into that because <laughs> you you are who you are. But um, I could be very normal. <laughs> I could. I could. If I'm in acting. Yeah, yeah, in action, and you turn normal. <laughs> um, it takes a lot of practice. Uh, I know, I mean, I don't know. It's just my, uh, you're talking to a guy who loves comedy and the, the subtle comedy of it. So I'd be like, I'm, I'd am i be essentially casting you. Like, I look at you just as who you are. Okay. I essentially cast people on their, on their standard base selves. Right. And then... We throw on layers of the character that help, you know, intensify that. I thought you were going to say, I cast you as you because you're such a bad actor. I want you to do as little acting as possible. (laughs) No. No, it's just, it's a little bit on me as a director, too, where I feel very confident in my castings when I know the people that are coming in. I'm like... Like just coming to you, man. I I I love you for who you are, and let's just come in here and let's let's take who you are and look at this character, and and we can of course ex- accentuate certain certain traits and downplay certain traits. But so you're telling me you casting me wasn't because you thought I was the next Daniel Day Lewis, but because you had a role that was perfect to my 
original personality. You're perfect for the role, Ryan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're perfect for the role of Ryan Koo. Yeah, I know. I do want to ex- experiment more with the casting actors in almost like the complete reverse oh. of their actual personalities and see how it goes. So yeah. it'd be like, all right, Ryan, I'm casting you as... I don't know. I just don't like it. Just it doesn't sound. Maybe it's fun for. Would that be fun for you? Is like zero awkward and total suave and yeah. And I will tell you this. Like a secret agent. Most of my big additions that I've gotten, which isn't a lot, it's that. So if they don't know my personality and they just see like my my headshots or my reels, it's almost always like the suave charming smooth playboy ish okay role. yes Yo. yes yeah but that's hard because I, I i think i kind of yeah i give off that vibe with like my look maybe but my personality is just like you know it's yeah it's not that so is it was would that be fun to play though if if you did get cast in that role and you're you like know, i love i it's, uh, everything's fun i okay. love i just love act acting and, and performing and creating because oh, no, 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 for sure, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. I was, I was also thinking about how that's how I knew I didn't like acting too, because I had did like some mystery di- dinner, mystery, mystery dinner theater, mystery, um, murder mystery dinners. Okay. <laughs> Act, it was like improv acting kind of yeah, kind of yeah. gigs back in Reno. Yeah. And I know. There's this one time where like they had a little cast ready to go for this for this mis- murder mystery dinner night, and an actor dropped out, and I was on their roster because I had done stuff before. So they called me in. I'm like, "Hey, you available? Hundred bucks for tonight? Whatever the thing was." Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll come out. That sounds fun. Easy, easy money." And the role was for like some mob boss, kind of like oh. really, really, really powerful, really, you know, like you would kill that role. And the guy that had the role before was a very outgoing, loud, boisterous personality. So when I came in to reprise that role, reprise, take that role, they were trying to give me direction on uh, that would fit better for him. But like me in a power position, yeah, I like to play. And this is kind of like just as a when you're in the. I, I don't need to, if I have power. I don't need exactly. to be loud. No, no, that's that's actually a common thing you, it, that acting coaches say. If you're playing a powerful person, you don't want to be like energetic, loud. You want to be the opposite. Yeah. Because you're right. You, yeah, you have power. So yeah, people know. I don't need to. I don't. Yeah. I don't need to showcase yeah. it when I walk in a room. People know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I've, yeah. So <laughs> it was just more like they wanted me to be the loud power guy and um i'm like sorry i can't do it <laughs> oh bull. you just literally said i'm not gonna do that well i said i I'll, I'll i'm like uh i'll see what i can do i, I mean but i just did my own thing anyway good and, yeah i mean i just i don't if i got cast in a role and i was told to be an opposite of who i was i'm like i don't even know if i could pull that off no yes you can <laughs> i think you're not giving yourself enough credit now Okay, I'm not an actor. All right, so yes, you are. <laughs> okay, all right. You well, would be a very uh, good. Pa- last, last <laughs> comment. It's not even a question. 
when you said playing a powerful like mob boss intellectual, I could totally see that. Like you could be like Lex Luthor, you could be like um. Could be a Walter White, a Gus Fring. You'll yeah. be a really good Gus Fring. Yeah, I could totally see it. I could be Gus Fring for sure. Yeah. Um, that guy's good though. He's good. He's yeah. He's very good, and he's such a happy person. And too in real life, I'm like when I. It's always interesting to see really good actors in real life because sometimes they're like the complete opposite of the their character. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. All right. On that note, we're at the end for reals, everybody. Follow me on Instagram at EddieVHillV. You can also go to my website at EddieVHillV.com. Watch my movie. It was on the inside on Amazon Prime Video right now. And Trauma Days. Trauma Days coming coming soon, so make sure you follow for that. Where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at HanKyoKu. But I'm trying to get my Twitter following up. I only have 40 followers. So if you are on Twitter and you give me a follow, I follow back. If I know you, then I follow back. Noted, noted. Make sure you follow the, uh, what is this podcast called? The Eddie Conversation Podcast. Subscribe there. And yours is uh, <laughs> Q&A. <laughs> I was trying to see if you remember. Yes. And follow my podcast, Q&A. Leave some ratings. Help, uh, help the, help the, help the flow. <laughs> help the brokenhearted. Yes. Oh my. Do you have comments on your podcast? Where? Like on your do on people YouTube. Comment on your podcast. No, on uh, on uh, wherever like YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Do people can leave comments? Can you comment on Spotify? I don't know. I don't think you can comment on oh, okay. the audio only. Oh, okay. This is dropped on YouTube as well. It's in video form. So make sure if you're there, leave a comment there. Yes. Or if you're watching on Facebook or Instagram, comment there. Oh, you posted on Leave Facebook some comments. Too. I don't. Oh. <laughs> I post link. All right. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. What a thanks wonderful for show. Thanks wonderful for thanks. show. <laughs> if you watch the whole thing, God bless you. And oh, is this a non-Christian? Okay. Th- thank, thank you, Mr. Ryan. Thank you. Bye, everybody. One, two, three. Woo! Oh crap, cool.